Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to empower the guest or to, let me start that over, Becca. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to take topics and guests that will empower you to grow your business and take it to the next level. Today, I am having Bruce Weinstein on as my guest. And let me tell you a little bit about Bruce. He has consistently offered his clients the insight, strategies, and clear direction designed to help them make educated financial decisions and prepare themselves for their future. Beginning his career in 1986, Bruce's extensive knowledge in wealth and protection planning includes healthcare, Medicare, life, and long-term care, retirement, or estate planning. It allows him to provide a level of service to his clients personalized to help meet each of their specific needs and goals. His podcast, Ask the Plan Man, provides listeners to self-educate on all aspects of finance and insurance. Bruce believes that financial literacy is heavily lacking in today's society and wants to share his 36 plus years of experience with listeners. Bruce also gives talks to financial insurance and sales related communities regarding topics, never say no to an opportunity, the do's and don'ts of networking as we're going to say today and how to build your own referral based network. So as mentioned, the theme that I chose today because I love the whole idea of networking is the do's and don'ts of networking. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Bruce Weinstein. Hello, Bruce. Hi, Vicki. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You you, you have a very nice uh, (laughs) evening radio voice. Evening radio voice. (laughs) Yeah, it's just there was something special about that as a kid growing up. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I remember having the radio under my pillow when I was growing up. Transistor radio. Nobody (laughs) knows what that is anymore. They have Uh, to go to the dictionary. Oh, they can't find that anymore either. (laughs) I 100%. (laughs) All right. We start with an easy question, Bruce. Where do you live? I'm down in Delray Beach, Florida, which is the southeast side, but I am a transplant from New Jersey, as most Northeasterners are. uh, coming down to the south so yeah uh, yeah i was gonna say that is not a florida accent you have there no. sir <laughs> as we say water and dog and cat then we'll uh... <laughs> well i'm from pittsburgh 
but oh, uh, uh, get up! I went know. to IUP. I went to IUP. I just uh, came so back. So did my husband. He did. He's graduated yeah. in way a while ago. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's funny. So um, it's funny. One of the things that I keep at my desk is, is my someday, or my someday is now. And uh, so I thought the very first question I want to talk to you about is what you call someday aisle. Talk to me about someday aisle, please. Yeah. So you mentioned I started in 1986 and my someday aisle story really correlates to my childhood and, and my mother. I was raised by a single mom. My folks divorced in 1971, which was early in the trend of what became an epidemic, right? Of divorces. <laughs> but my mother raised two kids with the someday I'll do this. Uh. <laughs> someday I'll go on that trip. Someday I'll... So because money was tight, you know, we, we were in central New Jersey, we grew up mm. right outside of Rutgers. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we were in the middle class, but we were on the lower end of the middle class. Financially, it was a struggle. I shoveled snow and, you know, uh, had a paper route at 10, you know, to make money as a lot of kids did in that day. But the, the tragic side where the someday out comes in is my mother got cancer at 39 and passed away at 45, right after wow. I graduated college. So she never got to go yeah. to someday aisle. And then a year later, I became a financial advisor, what was called an account executive at Merrill Lynch, 1986. And whereas we were basically told, I don't pay you to think, I pay you to sell. Yeah. I always was a thinker and I was always planning. And if Vicky answered the phone, I would say, well, why is this person answering the phone at two o'clock in the afternoon? Maybe she's a stay at home mom. And I would ask questions about maybe college planning to see if that was an interest. If it was mm -hmm. a retired person, I would ask them about income needs. So I was doing consultative sales before it was in vogue, yeah. in vogue. And, and it was around the messaging where my practice grew into the, well, let me help you reach someday aisle because nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. And the sooner you get to do and travel, like I just released a podcast myself today on the balance between the now and planning for the future. How do you have both? How do you put money away for retirement that might be 20, 30, 40 years away? And how do you enjoy today? Because nothing is guaranteed. And that's that's the backbone of the someday aisle. So my mission as a financial planner with clients was, let me show you how to retire and enjoy as early as possible. Because my 45-year-old mother never got that opportunity. And that's really where yeah. it just goes ingrained in a 23-year-old when I got into this, into this industry. Yeah, for sure. And I think the last three years kind of reminded everybody. Sure. COVID, yeah. Yeah. So what is your right to financial dignity all about? So that was the theme. I did retirement planning seminars targeted mm -hmm. to a pre-retirement audience. And that was, is the theme of my conversation mm -hmm. is we all have a right to financial dignity. And what does that mean? Well, financial dignity is when you have enough assets and resources available that you control when you could retire, you're not being dictated to when you retire. Yeah. And as I go through that discussion and I'm creating it as a webinar next, 
is too many people are reliant upon Social Security for their retirement. They don't have assets. They don't have pensions. They didn't plan anything. And it's, well, the government's going to give me a check for Social Security. So whenever that comes in, that's what I'm going to retire. And that's not really very dignified in the sense of having the financial wherewithal to do what you want to do, how and when you want to do it. So if you want to retire at 52 years of age, well, what do you need to make that happen? If you're willing to pay the price at 25 to retire at 50, and those next 25 years you can accomplish it, then why not? Or maybe you want to do something different at age 50 for the next third of your life, right, or the next half of your life, and not be. And again, it's you know it's entrepreneurial yeah. versus working for somebody, so it, it just goes into being in control. Planning yeah. to me, ask the plan man, and planning is being proactive, knowing yeah. what you want, helping you get there, and then adjusting along the way. Proactivity. Now, the the first time that I had that kind of thrown in my face, if it, if you will, is my mom's brother was um, not never married, and at fifty four he had an accident at his job, which made him have to have a rod put in his back, which made him not be able to work in a job any longer. So he had to take long term disability. Right. And um, so he had some pension, um, say some savings, but he was young. He was, you know, bulletproof still at, uh, in his younger years. So he didn't yeah. really think about retirement planning. And uh, so the the whole um, spiral, I guess, that happened was, you know, this injury that caused him not to live his life the way he thought he was going to live his life. And he didn't eat very well. So he got diabetes and he ended mm. up losing a leg. And it just got to a point where um, I needed to put him in a nursing facility. Right. And the choices that I had were depressing. Sure. Because again, there's your right to financial dignity is because he didn't have his own assets to pay his own way to get the better places He's reliant upon the aid and the welfare programs because he doesn't have the income. So mm -hmm. Medicaid and Medicaid beds are the least desirable, but mm -hmm. you got to take what you're given at that point. So yeah. if, he had the, if he had the money or he had insurance, you could have sent him to Tahiti. <laughs> he could have mm -hmm. gotten his care on a beach, right? Mm -hmm. As long as you have the money. So yeah, and that, so the, the, the dignity commentary in that message a lot of my presentation is on the back end is as we exit and the latter years mm -hmm. when our health is failing, the money is a challenge for a lot of people. Like you start to lose that dignity because you're not in control of being able to make the best, most comfortable decisions. And so, you know, yeah. just that caused it, it me falls. at uh, my late thirties to put money every month into yeah. a long-term care. So it's like, my kids are not putting me in that kind of place. Right. No, so but, sorry. But it, it, I appreciate you saying that because you would have been the best client that I would have encountered yeah. because you had experienced the negative side of it. Mm -hmm. And those clients were very easy to position knowing to take care of it. It was the people who hadn't experienced yeah. it where you're trying to get them to see what's out there to then get them to open up their purse strings to want to get coverage and take care of it where, and again, it's just 
society in general in this country is very apathetic. It's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen to somebody else. Well, lo and behold, it happened to Vicky. And now Vicky's like, holy cow, I don't want that to happen to me and my family. And I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want to be in some dorm room with six other people. I want to be in a nice facility and I don't want my kids to have to take care of it, me. Right. Mm -hmm. So, right. yeah. And, and so that becomes part of the conversation is trying to get them to understand the back end because the, the flip side of it is in the conversation around your financial dignity is, well, what if you did score, what if un your uncle squirreled away $2 million, right? And he didn't get sick and he didn't need a long-term care facility. And now he died with $2 million. Well, now Vicky, you're going to inherit some of that as, since he doesn't have kids, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. did he, and I'm not saying, obviously he didn't, we know the scenario, but in that scenario where I'm talking about is if he didn't need it and if he, well, now he underutilized his assets. So that's part of the problem also is, is your goal to die with a couple million in the bank or yeah. is your goal to die somewhere in between <laughs> zero yes. and the two million? Because now you could have retired a little bit earlier. You could have taken more trips. You could have afforded a second home. You could take the grandkids to Disney. Like, what do you want to do with your money? So you begin with the end in mind. Well, what do you want to have happen? And then how do we make sure you don't run out of money? Mm -hmm. And then as you did, you implemented long-term care insurance as part of that facility. So now whatever the long-term care is taking care of for you, you can free up those assets to spend as your leisure for other things because you didn't have to have that half a million dollars sitting in the bank in case it happened. Mm -hmm. So the insurance becomes the leverage. And that's part of what I try and you know diagram right. out for people. Yeah. I think um, the other side of that too is the trying to plan for college and things like that, you know, um, whenever sure. your kids are very, very young and, and that someday I'll, it's like, well, someday I'll put in the money for that. Right. Oh, junior's off to college. I better start saving. Yeah. Now next week. <laughs> A too All late. right. Um, so you, you say never say no to an opportunity. And I found that in my later years now, um, surprisingly more, uh, less risk averse than I used to be. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Well, you, you opened the show a little bit about networking and building your business and relationships. And for a lot of your listeners out there, they might be in a business or an industry that could be deemed uh, a commodity. Mm -hmm. Insurance is a commodity, ideal in the world of insurance. You can go online and get insurance. You can call 800 numbers and get insurance. Like, why do you need to have a representative or some kind of advisor help you? Well, first and foremost, I'll get in, I'll come back to the, the note of the opportunity, but th there's a value there and we're paid by the insurance companies to help you and to help you avoid making mistakes. I'm dealing with somebody now that went into his own account for health insurance, mucked up his whole plan. We didn't know it. And then when he had a baby, they denied his coverage because he changed his plan and we didn't know he did it because he was in there tampering on his own. Now, he caused more damage by getting involved without bringing us into that conversation. And by the time we got involved, we didn't know what he had done. We couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And so six months later, we're uncovering this mess. So I like to say, don't go it alone. Always work with an agent or an advisor in the insurance world. We're paid by them, not by you. And mm -hmm. we don't control or set the prices. So I'm not adding on a fee. I'm not adding a credit card transaction processing fee because you don't want to pay cash anymore. 
So now fast forward to the never say no to opportunity is I built my value around my relationship with clients in opening up my Rolodex, my contacts in my phone, my relationship. So when Vicky said to me, hey, do you know a plumber? Yes, I do. Do you have an accountant for me? Yes, I do. Do you have, uh, I'm trying to get a car. Should I lease or finance? Well, let's have a conversation. And so never saying no is if I said, no, I, I don't have any plumbers. No, I, I don't know any accountants. Well, Vicki came to me as a value prop. I'm going to help her find mm -hmm. the right match. That's going to leave something embedded in her mind of like, well, Bruce is a good go-to person. Let me ask him again next time I need something. Yeah. Now I need an electrician. If I told you, no, I don't know or have anybody, odds are you're not going to come back to me next time because the person who did give you that name, you're going to go to them because yeah. they became the resource. So in a commoditized industry, financial advisors, whatever, we, we have to bring more value than just managing money or placing insurance. And so the Rolodex and the relationships and the networking opportunities. And oh, by the way, my client is a plumber. My client is an electrician. I do have a car salesperson. I do have accountants. Like I have clients that do those things as well. So now I could also incorporate networking my clients amongst yeah. each other and help them grow their businesses. Mm -hmm. So never say no to an opportunity so that people keep coming back to you time and time again, instead of closing the door. Yeah. And in any of our businesses, it, it is that relationship piece. It is, you know, if there are hundreds and thousands of coaches out there or financial advisors, whatever, uh, you find somebody that you resonate with, that you feel comfortable with, that you yeah. can, um, you know, give your dirty laundry kind of thing yeah. so that that's the only way that people really will be helped is if they can feel that comfortable. Well, I, I think an advisor has to, again, this is cliche in a sense, you know, we have two ears and one mouth, right? You have to be able to listen. You have to be able to express yourself. You have to be able to educate your client at the level they need to be educated. There's too many smart people out there like attorneys that mm -hmm. want to talk in all legal jargon. Yeah. And and again, I'm gonna we we did the one with the transistor radio. So here's the next one is it, and everybody sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Exactly. So if you're old enough to know Charlie Brown, like we do, that that's what you hear. So when you're sitting with a couple or a family or an individual, whoever it is, and if you're talking at your level with your jargon. They're just hearing Charlie Brown's teacher. They have no idea. Their eyes are glassing over and they want to go home. You're not helping them. You're not going to close the deal. You're not going to get their business. They're not going to implement because they don't understand what you're talking about. Mm. So you have to be able to deliver the information with a story or a way to correlate and understand exactly what it is that they're getting involved with. And so that's been probably one of my biggest strengths is educating, but mm. educating at your level not necessarily at my level. I have to make sure you understand it. And I check in many times along the way, like, did that make sense? Do you, are you following me? Did you have mm -hmm. questions? And make them feel safe and comfortable asking questions because people are intimidated. They don't want to look stupid. Yeah. 
sure. they're afraid to ask and say, can you say that again? Or I don't really understand mm -hmm. it. And like, you have to empower them with like, look, Vicki, there's no bad questions. Mm -hmm. Fire away. That's what I'm here for. And if I don't know, I probably know somebody who does. So come to me. Right. 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 So um, what is the importance of a budget? Oof. Do you want to, do you want to do the do's and don'ts of networking since we talked on networking or you want to yeah, jump the budget? Um, only well, only because we're on the networking theme. Yeah, so let's, you tell let's me. do that because okay. I think uh, another podcast has to be for the other one. I, I may go to look. <laughs> Which one you want? I'll do, I'll do whatever do you want. Do the do's. The do's first. and don'ts of networking? Oh, yes. Because we were talking about the never say yeah. no to opportunity. Mm -hmm. I figured the mm -hmm. two would go yeah, together. That, so, perfectly. So again, in, in, in the networking world, there's so many different activities, especially now with the creation of the online and the Zooms out there and the you know meetings and teams and all the stuff, right? So you do in-person events and activities. You can go with your chambers and there's professional networking groups and, and there's a tons of things to go out there and do. And so they're, they're, one of my business coaches line is the more hands you shake, the more money you make. So mm -hmm. you got to meet people. I got to meet Vicky. Vicky needs to meet other people. Who can I introduce Vicky to? So now you start going to these events, they're intimidating. You're a new member. I don't like doing it. I hate walking in a room. Imagine going to a chamber breakfast with 300 people. It's intimidating <laughs> as all heck, right? Now, where do you even start? So you become a wallflower because now you've got to go be, I use the term, buttinsky. You got to go butt in. Yeah. All these clicks are buzzing around and yeah. you're sitting there trying to find your place and you're going to look for a friend or somebody you know or wave you in and you don't know anybody, you're brand new and all these clicks are going on. Yeah. And so that in and of itself becomes intimidating. Now, some people are good butting in, not me. I hate it. You're in the middle of a conversation. I, I'm not rude. I was raised, you know, you yeah. don't interrupt, right? You don't speak when you're spoken to. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I, it's not a comfort zone for me. So yeah. one of the things that I've... Uh, and when I speak on this is bring a buddy. Vicki and I are going to go to the event together and we're going to work the room together, either stay side by side and just kind of work around or Vicki gets into a circle of some people and waves me in and says, Hey everybody, do you, do you know Bruce? And mm -hmm. I'm in a, I'm in a group and I say, everybody, you know, here's Vicki. Does everybody know Vicki? Vicki, tell everybody what you do. And so you kind of have an ally in the group to help take away some of that intimidation. And then you can play games with that in the sense of, hey, who, who made the most one-on-ones? Who made the most coffees? How many cards did you get? You know, what, what did you accomplish at the end of the meeting? Did you get to meet who you wanted? So that, that's always been a big tip for me is, you know, one of the do's. One of the big don'ts is you can't go around expecting immediacy of getting business and opportunities. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so if you're not tempered your expectations, I speak at the chamber, I host the new member orientation. And, and this is the big lesson I give them is you got to give to get. Mm -hmm. Do not expect, oh, I'm not getting any opportunities. I'm quitting. This group stinks. Well, how many did you give, Vicki? <laughs> how many opportunities did you provide? Right? What did you do to help influence your partner and their business in your leads group? Are you bringing opportunity? And again, it's not that I have business for Vicky, but I have a Rolodex for Vicky. Vicky, who else do you need to meet? I feel, oh, I want to meet divorce attorneys. I got three. I can introduce you to those three. I'm happy mm -hmm. to set it up. I'll even go with you to lunch if you want. Okay, great. Oh, yes. People want that. So I'm not getting you business. Maybe that divorce attorney will get you business, but I can 
introduce you to who I know in my network and my circles. So a new person is going to struggle with some of that. You want to make sure that you go into these groups. And this has been my attitude because I've been a financial advisor and now we focus strictly on insurance. Well, how many financial advisors are in the group? How many realtors are in the group? How many mortgage brokers are in the group? You go into a 300-member breakfast, there's 40 realtors, there's 30 mortgage brokers, mm -hmm. there's 17 insurance agents, and there's 30 financial advisors, right? Everybody's there to do business, but you can't be asking them for business. So mm -hmm. what I do, Vicki, is I basically say, look, I have, th I have over 300 clients. Why do I want to introduce Vicki to my clientele? What's special about you, Vicki? So I put them on the offensive. Mm -hmm. When normally like, oh, here's another financial guy. Oh, here's another insurance guy. And, and you know, their their cross goes up. You know, they're all like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the vampire and they're going to throw garlic at me. Right. Oh, you're trying to sell me something. Well, no, I turn the tables, especially to attorneys and CPAs, you know, because they're, they're bombarded by all of us. Right. Yeah. And so I say, look, you know, you're an estate planning attorney. That's great. I'm always looking to work with the state planning attorneys. Why should I bring my clients to you? They're they're used to having your their your hand out. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm not putting my hand out. So mm -hmm. I show them I'm different in that regard. So again, that's a, a you know a tip, you know a do versus a don't is don't go in expecting. You better be measured on what you think you're going to get out of it. And then what I've always used these types of groups for is bolstering my contact list, my rolodex. Like who yeah. are my go tos? Oh, uh, I need a commercial realtor. I've never worked with one before. Well, let me go find somebody in there that, you know, I have needs. Now I can start referring to. Yeah. Right? I, and I found that uh, both experiences you were talking about <laughs> and, and it was lucky my first time at the chamber at a, one of the breakfast and it was, I wa was walking around and, and didn't know anyone. And luckily way in the back, I saw somebody that was in a click talking to somebody and it happened that I worked with him at another job. And after that, friendly, he started introducing to me, me to others and things. But um, I find that whenever I go, especially to the online networking, that the fact that I have a podcast, it's easy. If I find what they do intriguing or, or will help build my list sure. in terms of connecting people, my audience to people that will help them. I'm going to ask them to be on my podcast. And so I will meet 60 or 70 people, have their get their names by the end of that hour and a half, two hours, whereas other people might only have three or four. But it's, right. as you said. But you're leading I, I, with giving. Yeah. You're, leading, you're giving. You're, you're yeah. not taking. You're, you're giving. Hey, would you like to be on my show? So you're mm -hmm. giving them an entree. Why wouldn't they want to be yeah. receptive to that, right? The In the chamber world, I'm an ambassador which our job is to be the Budinsky during the <laughs> events. I'm going to coin that phrase, but uh, you are, you are. So, so my badge, you know, says Bruce, you know, on here, Bruce Budinsky. Bruce Budinsky. <laughs> but I, so I jokingly say, it's like, it gives me a license to butt in. I'm a Budinsky now. So I meet you, you're the new member. Come on, Vicki, we're going to meet at this cocktails and contacts event, right? It, which is a happy hour event and, right. and, you know, from five to seven, and I'm going to meet you there and we're going to work the room as your ambassador. I'm going to hold your hand, yeah. right? It, more metaphorically. And so now I'm going to take you around the groups. And certainly I know other ambassadors that are there. I know other members that are there. So if you're in these groups and they have the welcome 
people like an ambassador go and use and leverage them and then say, uh, you know, I, I was, I understood somebody told me Vicky was going to be here. I really wanted to meet her. Could you point her out to me? Oh, sure. You know, like, come on over. Like Vicky's over there and, the, you know, and with that group, come on, I'll go to issue to Vicky. So again, you, you use and leverage the ambassadors. When you go to the breakfasts, a lot of times every table will have an ambassador mm. assigned to the table to, uh, help facilitate conversation and interaction during the event so that you at least get to meet everybody at the table. So, you know, there, there are ways to help yeah. break the ice a little bit so that you're not just looking for a friendly face. And then again, <laughs> you know, the mistake, and, and I do it, uh, admittedly I do it, is if I know Vicky and I don't know anybody else, I'm latching on to Vicky all night. Yeah. And that's not helping me but I've got a friendly face. So I'm going to sit there, you know, we're going to be Siamese twins for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick by you and see if anybody comes to us. And that's not maximizing my time there, but again, it's, it's a comfort zone. You know, we have this, there's levels of insecurity we all have going into something like that. So you, you want to find ways to overcome it. Um, there literally been times I've been driving to an, a, a breakfast and I'm like, there's going to be 300 people here. Like, I don't want to go. And I'm fighting myself the whole drive <laughs> not to turn around because I paid my money, which is yeah, another reason. That's right. go, to the, go to the events and pay because now you got skin in the game to show up, right? And so now, all right, I paid my money. I got to go. Let me see. I can, and guess what I did when I got there? I found people I knew. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, at least I didn't go home because I was definitely going home. Well, um, I went to a, a small event. I think there was only 10 or 15 people last or on two or Monday, just Monday, two days ago. And I was milling around for about five or 10 minutes. And then um, I was expecting that there would be some formality to introducing each other. And there, there really wasn't for this, but the person that sat next to me was uh, that person that latched on and and there were several things that I could help him with. So I had a good conversation with him, yeah. but he, he really, every time I tried to move us on to another person, he just would not unlatch come. me. So what, <laughs> so what kind of suggestions would you have for the audience for that kind of situation where you know that you should be moving on to others and, and they're not taking the hint? Ooh. Uh, it's like a reverse button ski. That's a kick mm. him in the pants ski. <laughs> uh, I don't have a direct answer, but while you said it, it made me think of, you know, another do and, and, and okay to empower people. You don't volume doesn't necessarily make a successful meeting. Yeah, that's quality right. does. So you sitting next to that person for that, majority of the time, if that was a right fit for you, having that mini one-on-one -on -one and getting to know them deeper, that's more my MO, frankly, is I'm looking for certain people, certain mm -hmm. uh, either businesses or just the quality of the person. Like I'd rather spend 10 or 15 minutes with you than go meet seven other people with a quick wham, bam. Right. Okay. Right. So, so that's okay. And let your listener understand like that's okay under the right circumstance. Don't make it a crutch, but if, if your goal, if you're there an hour, there's no right or wrong that you got to get 15 cards or two. 
-hmm. Because if you're getting two and you spend 15, 20 minutes and there's something positive coming out of it, where you've booked them on the show, you got your calendars out, you're meeting for coffee, you've already introduced them to two other people from your phone, well, then that's just as equally successful, right? Because now you and I became fast friends. And guess what? And again, it's, it's a cliche. Everybody keeps saying it. You want to work with people you know, like, and trust. So now I already like you and I'm starting to trust you. Well, now I want to help you. Mm -hmm. I want to, hey, let me, let me get my phone out. You know what? This is the person you need to talk to next, yeah, right? right? This will be a great person for your show. This is somebody whose show you should be on, you know, whatever it is that you're seeking. So that, that part's okay. Um, you know, the, the getting rid of the, the, the ankle biter. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I well, think your choice. If you, if, if I'm honest, he actually, there were, as I said, several things that I could help him with. Mm. And um, so it's going to be, one of those relationships that's probably going to work out to be a good thing that I did spend the time with him, but it was, if you can picture the situation, it was just small tables of maybe four people. And so three of those kind of tables. So the other people that were sitting or milling around could hear our conversation as well. And right. I had in my previous walk around given my cards to everyone so then later that day, I got an, a text from somebody that says, hey, I wasn't able to talk with you. Can we have coffee? <laughs> so I had coffee with them this morning, and that's going to be a good relationship. So, you know, even though I wasn't intermingling with yeah. other people, um, still people could hear, I guess, what I do. I think to answer your question in, in the sense of being polite, and, and excusing yourself, you know, something along the lines of like, hey, you know, there's a few more people here I'd still like to meet. Would you excuse me? Or would you like to come with me? Yeah. Let's go meet them together. Right. And so they can, if they, if they're feeling they need to stay attached with you, you're not just throwing them to the wolves. Mm -hmm. You can invite them in or they take the hint of like, oh, no, I should go meet some other people too. Thank you so much. And, but yeah, you know, just kind of phrase it the right way of yeah, like, get out of, I get out of here. I could see that um, taking him along would be good because he did yeah. indicate that he um, had done many of these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, you 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 now become the quasi ambassador, mm -hmm. right? Look, hey, great talking to you. There's a few more people here I still haven't gotten to. I'm gonna bop around if you want to come with me. You know, feel free, and then you know work your way into the next group. Now, if they become the chatterbox and take over the conversation, and now you can't get two words in. <laughs> And now you really got to get rid of them because they're just, and, and, you know, we all have those. There's yeah. always people that just come in and yeah. like, what the hell was that? Like, and all I can <laughs> tell you is if that's you, your card's going right in the garbage. Like I, I can't, it's not my style. So I'm not going to want to, I'm not going to turn my people on to somebody who works like that. Like yeah. I expect a different, there's a level of decorum, right. That I, that mm -hmm. I think should be followed and engaged. And if there's seven people, five, six people talking, and you barge in just handing out your cards, interrupting the middle of the conversation and walk out, what do you think that's going to accomplish? Like yeah. we all looked at her like she was a realtor and she just wanted to give us her cards. Like, yeah, I don't know any other realtor. So I'm glad I have your card now and you made such an impression on me. I'm going to make sure I call you first. Like, no, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Right? All right. Well, time has flown by. So we will have to have another 
a Love session to. to talk about budget <laughs> and asset allocation and protection for sure. All right, so I want to share my screen and uh, those of you that have been just listening in and not watching this, you can um, get out a pencil and paper and I will give you the website to take down uh, all this information that will be on my YouTube channel as well as my website. Okay, so those that are listening, it the website is https colon forward slash forward slash weinsteinwealth.com. That's W-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H.com, weinsteinwealth.com. On Facebook, he is at Weinstein Wealth, capital W's, capital W Weinstein, capital W Wealth. LinkedIn is Bruce M. Weinstein, and Twitter is Weinstein Wealth. Well, and yeah. um, for YouTube, he's www.planman.tv. And I'll let him talk to you a little bit more about that YouTube channel. My turn? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. You are so, the him. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, I have a podcast called Ask the Plan Man. You can go to planman.tv. That'll pull up that YouTube channel. We do episodes on all things insurance, finance, and more. We have episodes about special needs trusts, how to buy or sell a car, leasing or financing. So it's not just information on life insurance or mutual funds. It's all different aspects about the financial infrastructure. I have episodes on the anatomy of a paycheck. We talk about payroll and tax planning. We mm. talk about estate planning. So there's so many different aspects based upon your level of where you are in life and what your needs are. So it's all given to help promote education. I've been labeling it financial literacy, mm -hmm. that this information is not readily out there. There's no products recommended. We're not pitching anything. There's no commercials. It's strictly information on how does it work? What does it do? Uh, we have episodes on health insurance, episodes on Medicare. Again, these are things that people are forced into. They get bombarded with information and then it becomes paralyzing, analysis mm -hmm. by paralysis. So we try and help break it down. And obviously we're always available to speak with and consult with anybody on any of those areas or bring in people that, like I'm not a special needs lawyer, but we speak with one and you can reach out to him if you need help with a special needs situation. So uh, again, it's just so many different aspects that we want to promote, you know, that financial literacy. So thank you so much for all of your great insights and information today. It was really um, very educational and informative. And we had a lot of fun, Mr. Budinsky. Got to butt in. You got to <laughs> be butt in. Um, that's right. And uh, taking back on memory lane, you know, Rolodex goes along with that transistor. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the black and white TV and <laughs> yes, five <for> channels. <laughs> well, start out with three, then you got big time five channels. <laughs> yeah. Now we have 200 or 500, <laughs> some crazy amount. All right. So if um, you want to know more, don't forget to go check out that plan. Dot, uh, plan TV, right? Plan, plan, man, plan, man, plan man, man, dot TV. Or TV. I got 800-844-PLANMAN. Free, free phone call anytime, anywhere. Oh, that number is different. Oh, that that's number a, is that's a different number. Yeah, that's a, that's a text 
You text the oh. word plan man to that number and you get my digital business card, 321-421-5213. Oh. You can't really see it. The camera cuts it off. So you text the word plan ah. man and then you get all the links to all my stuff. Awesome. So, Very good to know. All right. I'm, so, I'm big on tech. Uh, even at an old age, I'm big on technology. Yeah, very, very cool. All right. <laughs> Thank so you, as, Vicky. As always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. And you can't enjoy it unless you get a financial plan. <laughs> As always, thank you so much. And this is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.